Welcome to the first episode of what we are calling Vadger Watch. This is a podcast purely about the county championship cricket, loosely based on cricket11.com, your fantasy cricket go-to software to pick your fantasy cricket team. So I think the Badgers, we basically, there's four of us, there's Hugh, Howard and Chev. Hugh, give us a bit of background on yourself, um, your cricket ability and um, the reason why you've called your team Brian May Save the Badgers. Uh, hi, I'm Hugh. Um, my cricketing ability could probably be summed up by being a keeper that bowls. Um, I'm an eternal pessimist when it comes to watching uh, cricket, which has made me look quite clever in the last couple of years watching England, uh, predicting collapse after collapse. I'm an Essex fan um, and uh, I went with Brian May Save the Badgers purely to link it to our, our own little Badger theme and Brian May's crusade in the last few years to save the Badgers from extinction. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Howard, how are you doing? Hi, yeah, Howard. Um, I actually went to school with Hugh, albeit a few years older than him, and we, we played at the same club very briefly. Um, my cricketing ability could be summed up by saying I have the physical attributes of an extremely fast bowler who cannot bubble and instead stodges around at the top or hanging up the boots 10 years ago. Um, my, my team, Bears Badgers, um, is based off a Nickname from the Vikings hockey team, which we'll come on to, of Howie Bear. Um, and obviously the Badgers is self-explanatory. Brilliant. And um, our overseas selection for the season is uh, Chev. Yeah, I think, well, my cricket ability is probably summed up as um, just whacking a ball every now and then. Uh, and that uh, sums up uh, the ability I've got. I do enjoy it, uh, but uh, not, not much further than that. I only started playing it probably back in 20, or 2000, actually no, it's even earlier than that. 1996, I first hit a ball with a cricket bat in Australia. Uh, and that's sort of how I uh, got involved in it. I've been um, watching Surrey in particular. Uh, uh, and from there, we just rolled into cricket and uh, fantasy league cricket and so on. So uh, the name of the team is Javeliers. It's just obviously a play on uh, on my nickname, which is Chav, um, and we'll get on to why Chaving is such a big thing uh, probably a bit later. Yeah, I think Chaving could become quite a thing of the series, I reckon. And then to introduce myself, my team name is Spenny's Champs because we are playing the county championship and my nickname is uh, Spenny, Alex Spencer. Um, so I currently play for Barnes Creek Club um, and I support Gloucestershire for my woes I think or maybe actually promotion this year when did we find out that we played fantasy cricket was that through you in in the run-up to the 2019 world cup I put a uh, a feeler out there to see if anyone wanted to do the daily telegraph um fantasy world cup cricket which was how I started fantasy cricket as a tragic tragic lonely child my mom I think my mom sent me with a copy of the daily telegraph to try and uh, play fantasy cricket but I think it was the World Cup in 2019 and then we found out they had a, a championship uh, a version as well still going online and I think I think a, a splinter group from the main World Cup group formed and uh, with following some pretty tragic chat we realised we all had quite a, a keen interest in the championship. And from there this podcast Badger Watch is born. I suppose the first thing to get into is probably the winter of cricket. England's winter didn't go too well. In terms of the county championship, though, was there any, did anyone see anything that was sort of like maybe went under the radar? My one, for example, is Adam Rossington getting signed for 
he left Northants and then joined Essex in the matter of a week, I think. That, I think that was last week, wasn't it? I think he, yeah. he panicked and fell out with Northants and decided his future was at the home of Championship cricket. Um, I mean, I couldn't look much further from Essex myself to see Matt Critchley's signing. How he he joined Essex and not one of the millionaire counties with a Test match ground is beyond me. I think he's one of the best players in 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 the format. Uh, and and I think it's, it's funny you just, last year before he played for Essex, you thought he was one of the most overrated leg spinners in the country. <laughs> well, after last week's uh, after last week's action, I'm delighted he's he's signed, and uh, my, my my tune has certainly changed. Uh, the Surrey boys among us must have been a bit annoyed at Ollie Pope's lack of international cricket in the West Indies, surely. Yeah, I think it's a, a travesty. I think he's I think he's one of the young batsmen that England do need to stick with. Um, a lot have been tried with varying degrees of success, not including uh, him. Including him, um, I think. <laughs> He, he did have a very promising start. I think he was averaging 40 after 10 tests or so. But in the same token, so were the likes of Don Sibley and before falling away a little bit. But I think Pope is one who doesn't get doesn't get bowled down in the same way as a Sibley or a Burns can and can, can score pretty freely. And I think he's someone England do need to, to give a, a decent run in the team. But England's loss is Surrey's gain, of course. If we go into the teams, Chef, you said that did you say that you picked this round one for the Cash Championship? You picked a few random ones on Well, I scoured the internet a little bit for um, uh, any advice that I could get my hands on, basically. But I think uh, I, I went to some of the, the usual Hang on. Are there people giving uh, advice on uh, on fantasy cricket? Who are, are these people? Are we not those people? I thought that was us. Well, there's more out there than just us. So, um, and also, well, in terms of selection, I actually really for, I picked quite a few of the players I already had last year in the team at various points, but definitely towards the end of it, because uh, it was relatively uh, there were a few bankers in there uh, that I, I went back to for this first round just to see where we were at. So, who are, who are your bankers from last seasons? Well, so the ones I, I went with to begin with uh, were Keith Barker, Hampshire, bowler. Um, uh, he was one that actually really delivered for me towards, uh, I think, the end of the, uh, the season, really. But And then uh, David Lloyd, even though he didn't really do much this first round. And then one that I picked up again, even though I was wary of him, uh, uh, despite all the... Uh, all, all the, the chat prior to the season uh, it was Tom Bell from Somerset, the, the one I was happy with, and also picked uh, from last year was uh, David Bellingham, uh, Durham, uh, who was quite solid in the first round. And then the surprise uh, package was really um, uh, Masood. Yeah, that I actually think that that actually is a bit of winter knowledge that went under the radar with Sean Masood. He's quality, isn't he? He's an absolute world beater. Yeah, I, I don't think he was a surprise pick. For me, he's one of the first names on my sheet. Signed for Derbyshire, right? Yeah. Mickey Arthur met him in the airport and agreed the deal in the airport when they're both flying around the world. That's, that's not, a, is that true? Yeah, it's a great bit of business. Yeah. With Ian Bell as their batting coach, I read today. Yeah, I think Derbyshire will be a surprise package this year. I think they'll... Uh, so say yeah. it's the first name on the team sheet with his record in England is a bit much, though. I think you, you're probably slightly pushing the boat out. Yeah. Jimmy Anderson, what does he? Yeah, but Jimmy Anderson doesn't play county cricket, does he? Yeah, he's not going to have to face him in Div 2. 
He'll be fine. There'll be people moving the ball. And he got that 100 over here when they toured last, but I'm not sure he's... We will see. That's why you didn't pick him, but we did. There is. That's why I had his yeah. opening partner, Dilly Godelman, who dillied around and scored diddly squat. Yeah, I picked it, Billy Godelman, based on last year as well. That didn't go well. Um, he's a banker, though. He's, he's going to play every game. Um, I actually... I've noticed that a lot of us have picked top order batsmen, which I think for early season is quite punchy from a lot of us. Just looking, but at there it. are only two results. There are only two. Like we sort of got away with it. There are only two results in eight games. It's astonishing how flat the pitches were, considering the last three years of Tim Murta, Darren Stevens, and Sam Cook being the leading bowlers. So on that on that respect, I chose Luke Fletcher, thinking guaranteed <laughs> at least eight wickets, and he got me five points. Yeah. He was overvalued, I thought. Did he pick up an injury as well last game? I saw in the second innings, he'd, he'd only, I think he opened the bowling and only bowled an over. It's it's, I think it's because it was flat. Yeah, I, th- I was taking it flat. Just one over. He's the bowling equivalent of a flat track bully. Do you reckon? I actually, I'm actually quite surprised he's never been mentioned for England. Ever. Oh, he's not quick is he he's for he, a big he lad he had a great year last year but before that if you look at the five six years before that he's been steady without being spectacular by any means the fact that Matt Fisher can get an England call up and Luke Fletcher doesn't get in the picture I find that weird oh, it's who you know though isn't it <laughs> <laughs> playing at Yorkshire alongside the captain yeah, yeah. maybe he's done a, yeah, yeah. Matt done a little bit in the nets to Jay Root maybe yeah <laughs> Interesting. The one we never picked was Alistair Cook. I don't think anyone picked him. I've picked him for the last five years and I gave up this year because Chelmsford's been such a batter's graveyard. I thought that surely, surely it would be the same again. And I also picked Steckety to, to bowl there, but no, um, your class is, class is permanent, isn't it? I saw that, Steckety. Yeah. Is he an all-rounder? No, he's just a bowler. His, his record in the Shield in the last couple of years is unbelievable. I sort of assumed that he'd just walk off a plane and be a world beater, but perhaps it's uh, it's slightly different throwing him out at six degrees at Chelmsford as opposed to 30 in Queensland. I thought the same for Kemar Roach. I thought it was a guaranteed, again, guaranteed wickets and picked up a few. But the batters, I think, did a lot better this first round than probably the last, what, three seasons put together. Yeah, I think the pick, right. the pick of the round were the groundsman. I can't remember a higher scoring first round of the county championship since, well, I don't even know, probably since I started playing this game, to be honest with you. You mentioned the WhatsApp group that we have, which is ultimately a really lovely lease of life for us all to talk about cricket. Um, they haven't changed the ball or the pitches. Well, they haven't changed the ball to have they? I don't know. I mean, it would make sense if they started using a kookaburra to, to actually have a, have, a, have a little bit of... Uh, a real game of cricket as opposed to a Duke's dominated one but maybe actually the maybe the the groundsmen all got together and had a big dinner in the winter and just said they're all fed up of being slagged off by Michael Vaughan on BT Sport saying it was all it was all their fault Howard you picked a good batsman this round didn't you? Yes You had had the leading batter of the round Um, Yeah uh, Joe Weatherly at at Hampshire Um, now I'll I'll preface this by saying uh, the caveat I was I was out of the country in Norway on my holidays and looking after a two-year-old with the wife present meant I couldn't put in the necessary level of research and thinking of an early season trip to Taunton with their bowling attack much vaunted 
I made the smart decision to leave my main man, Joe Weatherly, on the bench. And 350-something points later, um, I think he outscored all my other four batsmen that I did pick put together. So, <laughs> yeah, I, it was a strange one. I think, personally, I think Hampshire are a very strong team and probably my, my pick to, to go all the way this year. Um, but, but Somerset were also severely under strength. I mean, they, was it no Overton, no Leach, no Gregory, no Brooks, um, missing a few of the big names on the bottom front. Siddle looked a bit undercooked as well. He looked like yeah. he just got off a plane. I think Siddle is not a good signing. I think he Essex got the best years of him. I I think he's not interested anymore. Basically, I did see Overton and Leacher around this week, though, which uh, for Essex's trip down there makes them a slightly different team. Yeah, and and when Leach starts to play at Taunton, the uh, the groundsman gets a bit giddy as well, doesn't he? So, <laughs> I think one of my uh, my picks this season in terms of Hampshire is they've classed James Fuller in this game as a bowler, but he's actually an all rounder. So he's a bit of my sort of banker in terms of I think he's going to get you some runs as well as wickets. And I think is he going to get many overs? They've got Abba, Abbas, and Barker, Holland as an all-rounder. Is Fuller going to get that many overs? Oh, I don't know. I just like him in terms of he's a bit like one of those. Um, they do the same with wicket keepers. It's like I see a couple of us have got Vance Koselos as a uh, the keeper, but he's not going to keep very much. Um, I don't know. I do I think... now Rossington's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they just signed McManus on loan, so he's now my keeper. I think Hampshire are probably would we say they're odds on? I think win so. the champo. I think they look the best all round side. They've got rid of old Sam Northeast, who has gone over to Glamorgan and didn't do much for me this weekend. He's been and a think, lost soul the last couple of years, hasn't he? He's extraordinary because of he is like off the Hildreth mold of like is one of the best batsmen not to have played for England, and yet he's also had five counties in the last. Well, probably in the last couple of years, it's extraordinary how that can happen. Is he a bit of a Roman? Is he is he is he one of these players that you see in football that goes from club to club, or is he is he just been has he been hard found in uh, in a couple of situations? I, I mean, a caveat to this, I will put to the podcast is that I was at the same school as Sam Northeast, although I did not know him very well. Um, so I don't want to be like I know him at all because I don't. Um, my take on it is that he was at Kent and was basically running the show at Kent in terms of he was doing a lot of the, um, he was captaining, but it was a bit more than captain. Um, probably then Hampshire came along saying that we should, you know, you're a, you're a big signing for us and you need to have England ambitions and we can harvest them for you. Um and then I, I don't know where it went wrong for him there. Because where did he go? Nottingham, Yorkshire for a bit as well? I, I think, yeah. Brief spells, spells at both, yeah. I think he, he won't be he won't struggle ever for a county, I don't think. But it's just interesting that um, he scored a few runs for the Lions, I think, as well. At the time, he got a 50 odds. So it's just interesting. He's never been considered. But yeah, Glamorgan, I thought he was going to go big for Glamorgan. And he didn't. Um, I've actually, for the next round, I've kept all of my players. I think I, I, I'm, I like them. Have we made? Has anyone else made any changes for the next round? I haven't made any changes. I've put a meeting in my diary for ten o'clock on uh, on Thursday morning, so that I can uh, devote some time away from the day job to uh, to see who's actually been picked at, at the time of the toss, and then I'll have a frantic half hour shuffling the pack. Yeah, all cricket11.com have actually upped their game. I think, haven't they? In 
telling you who's around and who's not around and what people are doing. I think that's a nice little user experience. Yeah, they let you know who's in your squad at least. So I'm a bit worried in that Kemar Roach and Jackson Bird are only available for four rounds and then I'm going to have to make some wholesale changes at some point. Got a few too many that are, are deadwood at the moment. Picked Sam Curran, who's still, I think he's got back issues. Um, so he's going to go. And Ability issues. Sam Curran sitting on BT Sports sofa all winter. Yeah, yeah, with his vast amounts of experience and knowledge at the tender age of 23, whatever he is, <laughs> imparting his wisdom. But um, yeah, then a couple of interesting ones I looked at. Um, Salter down at Glamorgan, who has been a bit of a, a county stalwart for them over a number of years and has just been promoted to open the batting this year. Um, so whether that lasts, he didn't get any runs first time out, but did pick up seven wickets in the first innings. So he, he might make an appearance for, for Bears Badges at some stage. He's fairly fairly cheap on the bowling stakes. And as I say, uh, Rizwan moving to Sussex. I think he's in line for a debut tomorrow. Lovely. Last player, so I'm keen to get him in. That's wonderful well, insight. He's got to be expensive though, isn't he? Let me tell you, Hugh, he is 88,000. Well, yeah, so, so this game we get, was it a million each? We each get a million pounds to spend. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so I've gone heavy on bowlers. Yeah, Rizwan, he's obviously keeping, I imagine, for them. Yeah, you were going to spend 88,000 in this game on a batsman. Yeah, he's, he's better than 95% of the batsmen in the game. So I, I don't spend my bat money on the batters. I spend it all on the bowlers. Because yeah. in the last five years, the pitchers have been horrid and the bowlers get all the points while the batsmen keep getting naught. So I think the most I've spent on a batter this year is 70 grand. 75 grand on Tom Abel. And he's an all-rounder, really. He's going to bowl. I think um, he's one of those, actually, that'll get you good points for bowling well. Well, he got, he got naught this week. Naught this week. But uh, <laughs> my, my frustration for this week was I went with uh, a bit of a past master in Lewis Reese as an all-rounder. But I made the absolute howling mistake of picking him when he's still recovering from shoulder surgery. So he played as a batter and didn't get many. So he'll be sliding out of my team on uh, on Thursday morning, I can say that. Also, batting lower order down to Shah Massoud, obviously getting signed up. Yeah, um, disappointing bit of business, that. Yeah, he actually, Lewis Reese was interesting because for two seasons, he was actually like one of my biggest money mate, like my biggest points getters. But actually, then last season, he really went off the boil. It was like him... Obviously, Darren Stevens and then Ryan Higgins were like the three best all-rounders in the game. And then Lewis Reese last season didn't do anything. Mm. So I thought I was getting him in cheap, but it was cheap because he's only got one arm. So <laughs> all the way there. Oh, Anyone else sign um, Ryan Higgins this season? No, had him all last year. Been no, I thought about him last year. Bowled, he bowled very well, but um, straight off, straight out of the block with a, a big hundred first game. Yeah, mm. and, and, and a few bowls. Yeah. I didn't cap. I didn't. I didn't have him as captain. I, I bet on the wrong all rounder. I put Steve as captain, which was a bit annoying because he didn't. I, do anything. As, as an Essex fan, I watched. I watched a bit of the morning of uh, the first morning of the Essex Kent game, and I, I thought mm, Steve has not had a bowl yet. It's a bit unusual. And then it looked about six degrees, blowing an absolute hurricane, and he he took his three jumpers off and had a bowl, and his first over got walloped everywhere, and he looked. I thought he's past it. He's too old. He can't carry on. And then he bowled fourteen overs for spit. It was the most astonishing thing. Having <laughs> having bowled having bowled a couple of absolute rank half trackers in his first over, it was unbelievable. After that, 
Was the keeper up or back? A bit of both. A bit of both. I mean, Cookie's Cookie's not going to be coming at you, is he? You can probably stay back for Cookie. I think Stevo's close. If he doesn't do anything next round, I think for me he's close to getting the chop. I think he's expensive, and I think you're right. I think is he is he past his best? In Div 1, is he going to be what he was in Div 2? I don't know. I thought that about Ron Higgins, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to apply the same tactic as I did last year. So keep dropping and changing in the first uh, couple of rounds to, to tidy things up. I The thing is that the good thing I had this year is I, I started out with obviously looking at what would be my ideal team and then started tweaking until. So I kept the, uh, the key players and then uh, started dropping and changing, had some money left in the bank uh, to make it easier for a second round um, uh, transfer. Um, I mean, I'd hope we'd all be able to get people that are being picked in the squad injuries aside. It's then, it's only half an hour before play starts that the teams are named at the toss that you really want to be sure. I think actually my emergencies are quite terrible. I've got um, Ben Charlesworth, who I've subbed in for Eskenazi, because I think he's got... Yeah. <laughs> Again, Ben Charlesworth, he sort of like under the radar, he's cheap, he bowls a bit as well. So I sort of like maybe I can bet like a bit of a gamble. And I've got Eskenazi got a hundred for me, so that was great. And then I've got Dan Douthwaite for Glamorgan. Yeah, I've got a bit of him. McManus as well as a keeper, but Cox and McManus both have buys. <laughs> Lol, keepers have buys. Um for uh, this round so I've decided not to swap a keeper but I don't know if I'm going to do that which I think is quite interesting I think um, Ben Brown's a good signing from Chev as a keeper ever, and then Hugh and how have you gone Vasconcelos as well haven't you no no I've gone well I went Alex Davies not knowing he had a uh, a ban left over from his historic tweeting um, <laughs> so I thought I'd stick him in as a sub for the first round so I had my subkeeper Brooke Guestin, who's batted three for Derby and done all right. So um, I think I'll leave him in. A good guest keeper. Thank you, Howard. That's, uh... Interesting on Davies, though. I think Burgess was under quite a bit of pressure first round. Um, yeah. In the club, and then to to do what he went and did is is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it's extraordinary, really. So I might I might use Alex Davies as currency to have a bit of a reshuffle, particularly as Warwickshire have got a. Uh, I've got a buy this week and Brooke Guest delivered for, for an up-and-coming Derbyshire. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll save some pennies on my keepers. I went, who did I get as my keeper? I've gone Ben Cox. I just think he's so... Because it's easy on the eye, isn't he? He's lovely to watch. Good to watch. He always gets you some gritty runs. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't really, I couldn't really go into his stats, but I reckon he always gets you some runs. Catches most things, doesn't he? Um any talking points for the old England? When's England's first test? Is it New Zealand? Where uh, are we? First of June, I think. Yeah, we're all there. Or the second of June, maybe. Badger day out. Um, no. Any early talking points from the old first round and England well, selection? I think we could put together an alternative uncapped team that from our, our players. I think, I think Matt Parkinson's obviously a spinner. I think he has to get picked. But... Uh, I think you could have Critchley in as your all-rounder now, as he's clearly the best all-rounder in the country. Um, I think you could have the Leicestershire openers, uh, Evans and Azad. I think I think we could have a good side out there, especially as you're not picking Anderson and Broad. What about you guys? Who gets into your alternative England team? So are we definitely going to... I mean, I, th- I do think he didn't do very well in the first round. I think Billy Godelman is a decent opening batsman. He's been around. I think he'll get you some runs. 
Not not dissimilar to Alex Lees, I think, in the same way. I think Ben Cox is a chat for a keeper, or Ben Brown, either. Either two would do a job in England. But do you anyone read Ben Brown's interview at Crick Info, the Crick Info interview? He's basically saying that, that England should be looking at um, players who are early 30s because the fitness levels of players at the moment are going well into late 30s. So actually, what used to be your sort of early, mid-20s is now actually your late your late 20s, early 30s. So he was basically saying that England should be looking at those players rather than... Is he saying England them. should be looking at him? Is how yeah, I think that's what I was going to say. That's exactly, I think that's what he basically meant, yeah. It's yeah. excellent. And he was a bit annoyed that John Simpson got picked ahead of him in the one-day series against Pakistan last season. Yeah, yeah. it's basically that one-day squad, isn't it? The, uh, the alternative 11. The COVID-impacted 11. Brian Higgins has got to get the new rock, hasn't he, in that side? 75 miles an hour. New ball bowler. Yeah, well, uh, Tim Murta. Tim Murta did it, didn't he? At Lords. Yeah, he did. Not for England, but he did the job. Mind you, I think I'd fancy bowling at England's top order. Uh, also, Harry Brook at Yorkshire, I think, is mm. a talented bat who will get a look in at some stage. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just looking at our bowlers. Actually, our bowlers are quite overseas heavy. I mean, what other bowlers are there at the moment? English bowlers to take over. We've obviously in the West Indies had um, Fisher. We've had. Um, Saki Bermud, I think, looks amazing um, in yep. for England. Um, any, I, I, beyond Broad and Anderson, it is actually quite interesting who are the next two. I've picked, a lad, I've picked a lad from Knott's, Lyndon James, who I read an article about in the winter, who they talked about as a, as a Stokes character. Uh, he batted at five for them this week and got 60-odd and I think I have seen five used wickets to in the games. Yeah, he's done well. Um, I think I think he's a future England cricketer from what I've seen of him. I think he looks a, a real talent. Because looking at our team, the English bowlers that we're selecting, Benny Sanderson from Northants, I think. Is that his name, Ben Sanderson? Oh, he's got to be in that side. I've, I've made a load of points from him out of the years. He'd yeah. hit my front pad every ball he bowled. Just yeah. that little nit backer, falling over, out. Uh, who else? It's uh, Sam Cook. Yeah. Sam Cook. Sam Cook. Sam Cook's about 50 now. Yeah, they are similar, aren't they? I think Saki Bermuda is the only point of difference, really, in the... Mm. Well, he's now capped, but I can't think of another bowler who I would... Maybe Liam Norwell at Warwickshire seems to be pretty quick and spicy. Who's the lad of Durham, who I think might have played a one-dayer or was in the squad last summer? Bryden Cars? Bryden Cars. Yeah, Yeah. I think he's out injured at the moment, but um, he's got a bit about him, got a bit of pace. And... Who else? What the other Warwickshire bowler? Rapid. A stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's maybe in the in the county game. Like the only other point of difference. Like I can't really. It just is conducive, isn't it? To the old wobbler. Yeah. Bailey at Lanks. Little gentle wobblers and yeah, backers. I can't really see anyone out. I mean, Barker. Barker at Hans is has been in another life an international cricketer. Batsy bowls. So do we think do we think that the actual England eleven for that New Zealand game, based on the first round, do we think that's going to be the same as it was when we left the West Indies, or do we think there's going to be changes? We've got Broad and Anderson coming back this week to counter cricket, haven't we? I think that will that will be an interesting one. I don't think they'll they'll make any decisions until they see how those two are going. I might have a look at Anderson tomorrow actually, see how much he is. Hundred and five big ones. <laughs> I don't know if I can get him out. Yeah, that's. Might be Luke Fletcher. Well, Luke Fletcher's 112. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who I thought was going to be English for a little while, and he's one of my favourite cricketers in the world, Simon Harmer. What a man! He is the cricketer England needs. 
here's the hero we need. And then he's, he's just gone and got recapped by South Africa. I felt very proud of him playing for South Africa. What did he do? What, what, what are his stats? He got a couple of wickets, a few runs? Got more than a couple. He, he looked like he was on for all 10 at one stage in, in an innings against the Bangladeshis. It was him and Maharaj. It was, it was extraordinary. South Africa were playing at home, preparing raging turners against the Bangladeshis. Outrageous. I think with Harmer back, is he back with Essex this week? Yeah, so they won the test match on Tuesday morning. And uh, he's he's flown back and he's in the squad for tomorrow at uh, at Taunton. And your boy Critchley is not going to be bowling forty-five overs with Harmer back in the squad, is he? Not against that weak Somerset batting lineup. Is it at, is it at Somerset as well, Chev? Are you going to make a substitution? Well, yeah, I will. I've not just not made up my mind yet on who it would be. There's a couple still coming back in now, so. I'll have a look at that, but I'm, I'm not going to do anything about it until tomorrow, really. So we'll just uh, look at a form guide and, and start following that for the next few weeks and, and, and see what we pick up. Um, the weather's going to be nice for one, so that's that's a, a bonus. Predicting runs this weekend. I'm going, to, I'm going to throw one more name in the hat as a as a left field pick, which is Josh DeCares at Middlesex. Oh. Mike Atherton's son, who has made the first team this week and got 80-odd first game, first innings. Also bowls a bit and costs a miserly twenty odd thousand dollars. Yeah, that's really funny. I saw him actually when I was selecting my team. I was like, "Oh, that's a shout," but maybe for later in the season because I thought because he was playing for Loughborough earlier this season against one of the counties. So I saw him and I was like, "Oh, actually, he's a bit of a shout for like later because he was selected, wasn't he, back end of last season?" And then he bloody someone got COVID and he's got selected. Amazing. Pick him this week, lads. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> got a game, have they? No game. <laughs> no game. I think if we were to say, like, if you were to if you were to back one county championship uncapped player to play for England this season, who would it be? Howard. Fitness depending, George Garton. Oh, that's nice. Chev. Um I'm struggling with this one, to be honest. Um you can choose Holland as well, any Dutch player to get selected. <laughs> well, there could be quite a few. I mean, uh, which Australian <laughs> one has the Dutch citizenship this year? Is basically... <laughs> yeah. Uh, we could also be thinking about yeah. exercise their Dutch passport. Well, I don't know yet who's going to be picked for the for the Dutch team in June um, when they when England are coming over. So um, we'll have to see what happens there. I'm not too sure I would be able to pick one that is actually going to make the team this year. I think. Uh, it's, it'll be hard to find anyone left that they haven't picked out that will have a shout this year. Uh, and if they, if there's anything to go by with what they've done in the previous years, it will take them at least five months to recognise anyone and giving them a chance anyway. So by which time the summer is over, uh, and then and then I don't have to pick anyone really. Uh, so that's I think uh, where I'll sit. Uh, probably none of the players uh, that uh, we haven't spoken about uh, will make it into the English squad this year. So, Critchley. What a politician. Okay, that's a good answer. Although you didn't answer the question. I don't think he gave us an answer, did no. he? Basically, what? I don't know. And I'll give you my analysis of why I don't know. Hugh, who do you reckon? Uh, can I have a batter and a bowler? Please. Oh, interesting, yeah. yeah. Go well, one's, one's more obvious than the other, I think. As long the as batter. they're neither of my choices, that's fine. The batter is Hassan Azad at Leicestershire. He scored me 100 on Sunday, saving the game for me, batted six hours. 
He scored stacks of runs in the last couple of years at one of the worst places to bat in the country at Grace Road. I think there's a lot to be said for him. And actually, the other lad, Evans, at Leicestershire, who he's opened the batting with. I think we'll see one of those two getting picked up by Nottinghamshire or one of the other bigger counties. And I think we'll see an international cricketer in Hassan Hazard. So do you, do, you, do, you, do you honestly think that England won't select from certain counties? Or do you think the divisions make it like... So, for example, I'd say like I would, I would say that England are happy to pick a Division II Middlesex Surrey player but they wouldn't pick a Division One North Ants Gloucester player. For yeah, I think, I think they have to. I think that's natural because the people in the setup are generally from the Test match grounds. Generally, I, I think, I think there's a, I think there is a, a huge unconscious bias towards it because it's what they know and what they see. So, um, on that end of the, the the stick, I think you've got someone like Azad, who's flown below the radar, who's born in Pakistan, but grown up in. In, in England, as I understand, and um, has scored a, a huge way to runs. I think he's um, there's an article about him in today in the in the Wisden um, the the online you should call it a magazine online whatever the Wisden online uh, website yeah. the website that's what I was yeah. looking for. Other magazines um, are available. Um, <laughs> we're not on the BBC yet, Svenny. I think <laughs> I think we're all right promoting Wisden. They might promote us back. Um, <laughs> But uh, the 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 bowler I think who's got a player test match this summer is Parkinson, uh, Matt mm-hmm. Parkinson. I'll add. Um, I I think um, the Jack Leach experiment's probably got one more summer left in it. Um, and if it doesn't, if we, if as I as I've made a bold claim with my pessimistic hat, I don't think we'll win a test this year. But if it gets to the last test of the summer at the Oval and we haven't won a test, I think they might give Parkinson a chance. So I am going to go purely bowler. And I think, I do think, I've mentioned him before, but I think Liam Norwell will probably get selected at some point. Um, he's pretty quick. And I think that he's different to any other bowler that we've got. And he, he did pretty well on the Lions tour as well. Some reason, I, just, I, I can't see it with Norwell. I, I do, I know why you like him, but I can't see England. Lost uh, Injury prone. Injury prone. Is Injury prone. Does, uh, does he do that much differently to what we've got already? Well, I think he's, you say he's injury prone. I think he's extraordinarily young. For, he's like, he hasn't really played many first class games because he's been injured so much. So maybe that's his, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. He was, the reason I say it, he was first reserve on the tours this season. But if he hasn't played that much because he's injured all the time, that's already given given you the answer, really. Maybe that's a bad selection from me, but that's what I'm going for. Um, quickly as well, England coach, next England coach. Test like if we are to go, I think my personal opinion is Collingwood probably will go white ball. If we're going to pick a red ball coach, Hugh, who who do you want as England's who, next red ball coach? Who do I want, or who do I think it will be? I I, I would like. Someone like a Langer or a Kirsten, I think we will get a Triscothic or a Collingwood. And Rob Key, director of cricket, yes or no? No, I think they'll panic and go with someone unknown. I don't think they'll go with Key. I think he's been a bit too, I don't want to say controversial, but he's a bit too opinionated on the telly and I'm not sure his face fits at ECB Towers. Howard, agree, disagree with all that? Uh, Kirsten was going to be my pick for for England job. I think yeah. you, you probably share the opinion, opinion that you need someone who's going to come in and, and give the players a rocket. For me, Langer, 
so proudly Australian. I, as an Englishman, I can't see someone that proudly Australian ever really wanting to coach us to beat Australia in the Ashes, which is ultimately where every England fan wants to get to. And that might be a, a, a bad opinion on, on my part. Uh, that might not reflect the man as a coach. But if, if you were Justin Langer, would you feel that proudly Australian the way they treated you? No, that's a good point. I'd want to shove it right up them. That's a bit harsh here. Uh, Langer would be my pick, but just because they need a break from the culture that they've had for the last couple of years, it's clearly it's not getting any results. So, you know, I, I think it, it needs a different approach. And then who knows what's happening after, after Langer. But um, there's nothing wrong with uh, trying to reset everything uh, and, and, and get them in the right uh, mindset because I think a lot of it is down to that. I don't think any team is fearing England anymore. So you know, it has to swing back. And, and the only way to do that now, based on what has been happening over the last couple of years, is built some um, mental strength into that team. Uh, and if, if there's one thing that Langer is, he's strong-headed and, and will get that mental strength going. So I think from that point, it's, it's a good pick. It's interesting. I think the same for Ponting on the point of would they want to coach England? Like I'd love to get Ricky Ponting over to coach England, but I think I just can't. I think Langer's a really good point. Like, I, do, I do think Langer, like you want him. And I think if th- th- this whole new England is, they're all a bit easy on each other. I think who said it the other day? It's Farbrace. I think Paul Farbrace came out and said mm. they're too easy on each other. Like, you know, someone goes into the nets, has five balls against the new ball bowler and thinks it's all a bit difficult. I just want some throwdowns. I think you want a coach to go, no, you get back in that net and you face Jimmy Anderson on a new ball green wicket and you you do it now the day before a test match. I think they need that. I think they need someone to basically tell them that they're not as good as they think they are. I think Ponting would do that, but I can't see him do it. Outside bet for me would be um, Mark Boucher. I think if he gets the sack from South Africa, I wonder if he might come out. I don't think his face will fit in ECB Towers on the back of racism questions around him and Smith in South Africa and what we've just witnessed to our friends in the North. So what about Alex Stewart? Maybe I'd I'd, I'd happily see Alex Stewart as director of cricket. I think he'd be... But he probably earns more at Surrey than he would at the East. <laughs> I don't know why he'd change, you know. That's a, uh, Harry, Harry, Surrey, Surrey, are the, fee. Surrey are the cricketing equivalent of Saudi Arabia with their membership base. It's extraordinary how much money they get. And on I wouldn't way. mind seeing Graham Ford, another hard-nosed South African who... Uh, who he done much in the international game? Not, not in a long time, but he really upset Graham Swan about 20 years ago, um, <laughs> which to me suggests he's probably got his... Got, got everything in gear to to be what everything uh, England need. He, uh, you know, another Fletcher type character would be would would be lovely. Fun fact on my stag, Rob- I was paintballing with Graham Swan. He was on our team with his son and his son's birthday party. Um, there was a game called Protect the President, and um, Graham Swan said, "I'll be the president." So we're like, "Yes, that makes sense." Um, yeah. Yeah, shock. And then there's the basically you get the president to a different area of the field, and they have to go into a house, and that's when you win the game. And one of the opposition was hiding in that house, and you're not allowed to shoot the president when they reach mm. it. But this guy smashed Graham Swan in the back of the knee, and he went ballistic. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, so it probably means we're going to get Peter Moores for the third time. Then Does that <laughs> <make it? laughs> I think that could be a good shout. Um, 
Interesting. I think we're probably as much in the air as the ECB are as much in the air, it seems like. I think that it's taken them this long suggests how poorly it's going. Uh, yeah. Um, you'd want to get that announced pretty quickly. It's probably the only reason why Joe Root's still captain is because there's no one there to sack him. So yeah, that's exactly um, he, he might actually be able to stretch out into the first test. And I personally don't think there are many better options than Root at the moment to do it. So I'd just leave him to it. But I think um, made a good point after the last test to you in saying that other than Root and Stokes, even and Stokes isn't going to be fit to play. How many of the of the eleven that played the last test will be nailed on starters? And without Stokes, it's probably just Root. Is the only one. Probably, so it means it's Essex as Dan Lawrence as the next England captain. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on that, actually, I would, I would. Um, a little thing in our WhatsApp group has been um, Howard has also been the CEO of Bet Nights and that is where Howard uh, gives us odds on the group for certain things. So what would you, what would Howard, what was Howard's, um, what was Bet Nights' odds of England not winning a test this season? Um, I don't know, Hugh took me off and it was 10 or 12. 10 to 1. It was 10 to 1 and I've got £5 on the nose. Obviously here at the Badger Watch podcast we uh, advocate gambling responsibly. But, yeah, um, I think there perhaps is a, a market for a niche cricket uh, bookie Without going into the Mark War, Shane Warne uh, sort of contact book of bookmakers, there is some, some niche. There is some niche cricket betting to be had. And um, usual requests, send them in, and Bet Nights will will happily take a look at them for you. Yeah, Bet Nights. What are the odds then? Okay, on Bet Nights, on Joe Root not being captain for the first Test this season. Oh, I personally think he will be. I think uh, I think it would be extremely harsh to drop him because. Frankly, I think the problem with the English team has been the captaincy. It's been the, the players that we've got to work with. Mm. Um, so I don't think he's done a bad job of the captaincy. I understand the team needs a new direction, but that's as much about who you pick as, as who leads it. So I would say well, there's a lot, of, a lot of people disagree with me. I know that I would say no better than even money. Lovely. OK. The only thing I'd pick you up on that, Howie, is root on the field. I don't think it's been... Brilliant, but I don't think he's been bad. And like we said, there's no one better to do it. But actually, are his failings as a leader around the group applying that culture, which it takes a captain and a coach to do, I'm sure. But to get that culture right for success, where it maybe does need some firm conversations. And perhaps you've got to look at, we've had three coaches in the last two years. Maybe actually, is it is it time that the captain needs to create that culture too. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really hard to say from the outside, isn't it? We don't know who, who is responsible for doing that. Certain players respond to certain ways of coaching in different ways, don't they? Some people will take a rocket up the arse and, and it'll do them some good. Some might go and have a little cry about it um, and manage players differently. I'm sure that's part of the skill of being captain is knowing what to say to who and to where. Um whether that's Ruth's job, whether that's the coach's job, uh, balance fits is, is quite difficult. But statistically, if you look at uh, scores, a lot of our, the people we're selecting are getting in championship cricket and the averages from championship cricket. If you compare those to the players we had at our disposal 10 years ago, we could pick any number of, of batsmen averaging 40 plus. Mm. Our 2010-11 Ashes side, we had the top seven averaging over 40 in test cricket. Now we can't get, we couldn't pick five players that average over 30 in test cricket. Um, well, first class cricket, you can get over, averages over 40 in first class cricket. Apart from Hassan Azad, maybe. Yeah, and Sam Evans. <laughs> um, 
so it, it's as I say, I'll pose the question and just say it's very hard for us to say as outsiders whether it's a management issue, whether it is simply um, the, the cars aren't good enough. I'm going to also leave it. I think the last points we probably all got wives, children, things to get to. But um, was there any cheving? Any cheving this uh, this week on on the WhatsApp group? So just for the benefit of the new listeners, which is everyone. Cheffing is basically where you say, oh, Ollie Pope's going well today, isn't he? And next thing we know, Ollie Pope is out next ball, which has been used to great effect by a few people when Hugh was going pretty well last season. Chev came in, said that, who was it, Hugh? The famous one last season? I can't remember. I've lost track. There was, it's such a common, common use of language in the group. I can't remember the first instance or the most popular. I think there was, there might've been one a couple of years ago where I had Kyle Abbott as captain That's and right. uh, said he's not been very or something on those lines. And as ever, the opposite happened. And uh, Kyle Abbott took, I think, eight or nine for his captain and won me the league. But I can't remember there being, uh, there, there's just too many to to mention. Um, any, any this week in the round one? I, I've just, I've looked back through the WhatsApp group and I said, what a lovely start. Regretting leaving Haynes out. Thought the captaincy would be too much for him as he was on 55. He was out 57. So um, <laughs> that was that was a nice start because I think Chev might have had Haynes or Howard had Haynes. So. I think a couple yeah. of people had Haynes. And yeah, I also yeah. successfully used the Chev on, on Joe Weatherly because I, I checked my score when he had 338 points um, and said, from the bench that these Joe Weatherly points are starting to hurt and I don't think he added another another run after that Chev came off beautifully lovely well bold and this all comes from Chev basically complimenting people and then actually I think I, it was the World Cup in 2019 where England were going into it as comfortably the best side in the world and Chev kept saying how England were going to win it and then every time we were batting England we were going to get 300 and being the eternal pessimist that a couple of us are I think we were like, Chev, you need to stop talking about this because every time you do, someone gets out, bowls rubbish. And it was the World Cup. And I mean, I, I still look back on that World Cup summer and reminds me of the most stressful two weeks of my life. Jason Roy looks fit, doesn't he? I think Chev probably said. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joffrey hey, Archer can't possibly get hit into the tavern stand. Chev, anything to say? Any defence on this? Well, I think, you know, generally speaking, I'm just looking at a score and thinking, oh, they're doing really well. And then too often I just find that quite interesting to share. Without just don't having... say it, though. Don't say it. For the love of well, God, man. Well, I've tried stopping. I've tried that. And then even when I think it, the same happens. <laughs> so it's not really. So I'm, I, I just now need, need to avoid checking any scores pretty much for whenever players on or just not comment on anything in the group which I didn't do in the first round. And I think, so it went largely okay. But yeah, normally it's just because of the appreciation I've got for whoever is doing really well. Without, about the, apart from the odd one that I've, I've, I've applied in the past to just frustrate Hugh and his scoring, which has also worked a great effect. So I'm not denying that at all. It's just nine out of 10 times. It's really just because I think someone's doing really well. Or I really believe in him, which is, also, always the opposite of what Hugh uh, normally uh, his approach is to to cricket. I think you know if you, you back yourself at times, uh, knowing that you've picked the right players. So um, uh, whether that's England or a Euro fancy team, 
I have tried to game the system though, and I found myself in the early hours of the morning in the last Ashes series trying to trying to equal out a little wicket for England by saying, "Oh, Labuschagne looks on for a big one here," or uh, Cummins doesn't look like doesn't look like doing anything today, and it um, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, I think that, I think cricket knows, isn't it? The cricket gods. Mother cricket. Mother cricket sees everything. Yeah. Only right. accidental chevin works. <laughs> um, quickly before we go as well, Hugh, are you playing this weekend for Cop Doc? Yeah, I am. I'm at Mildon Hall Cricket Club on uh, on Saturday. So uh, love that league game or pre-season? Hall. Yeah, that's the first league game of the season. Oh, I'll interesting. Be, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, um, Barnes, I can't play this weekend, but Barnes, I think, are playing against Richmond. Um, the annual most northerly Middlesex, no, most southerly Middlesex club against the most southerly. It no, sounds like one of the most middle-class games of cricket you can imagine. It sort of sounds like the kind of game WG Grace played in 1830. Yeah, just on the river. So the most southerly Middlesex club against the most northerly Surrey club. Um, they normally smash us. They were like 110 off 10 overs last season. So I'm glad I'm not playing. Um, Take the new ball. Yeah, th- uh, we had a 16-year-old, I think, with a new ball, got taken apart. Didn't see him again for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, lads, we'll wrap it up there. But thank you very much for listening to the first episode of Badger Watch. Um, Welcome aboard and, yeah, stay tuned for the rest of the season.